The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded July 21st, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the August edition of Life in the Tax Lane. We are knee deep in summer. Joe, how are you? Hugh, how are you doing? pretty good over here. I know the kids got the old slip and slide out the other day and I just about slipped and slided myself to death. But other than that, good. Well worth it, Joe. It's awesome. How about mm. you, Hugh? Slip and slide like at your life setting away? Joe up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, summertime, vacation, fun things, hobby time. Or is that still a hobby or did it become a business? Huh. Well, Ask the guy who got to tax court and argue over whether his uh, poker activities were a business. And seems like we've danced that dance before with people going in going, I lost this much and I should be allowed to deduct it. Well, here, the shoes on the other foot, Sierra Hayes saying, I think when you have over five, have almost five million bucks in net winnings, that's a business and you get to be taxed. He said, well, I had nine million bucks in one tournament when he won the World Series of Poker that year. And just about $5 million in net winning. So that gives me a sense he might not have won every tournament. Uh, and he dropped down to a paltry six figures in each of the following two years. But CRA still figured that was business. He figured it wasn't. And the court got to figure out where the truth lay. And it's a tough one. At what point does gambling cross the line? Well, how organized is your gambling activity? Do you have insider knowledge you're trading? Uh, how much gambling? Well, the court said just because you do a lot of gambling, that doesn't make it a business. That might just make you a problem gambler. Uh, but what do you do to minimize the risk? Minimize the downside? Do you study your opponents? Do you uh, mitigate your risk in other ways? Do you have special training? Well, this guy said, no, I don't. CRA said, Yes, he does. Here, look at this book that was published that he authored that says he does all these things. He said, no, no, no. That was when I was a spokesperson for Poker Stars right after I won the World Series of Poker. They ghost wrote the book and they didn't want me to say, yeah, it's all random chance because that really doesn't encourage people to go to Poker Stars. Well, the judge believed him. It didn't hurt that he was able to show that Generally, before a big tournament, he would party with his buddies till the wee hours of the morning. Probably not what most of us do before a major business meeting the next day. Uh, and based on expert testimony from game theory experts who said, here's all the stuff that professional poker players do to mitigate their risks. The fact that he wasn't doing any of them uh, said, this is still a hobby. He just happened to beat the odds and win big. Oh. Either that or he managed to bluff the tax court. <laughs> well, you know, you always hear you, you always hear comments and, and talk about the chance of being considered a business when you're talk to the, when you're talking about gambling and poker and stuff. And the guy who wins the World Series of Poker, you know, it, him not even having a business. I, I mean, that's that leaves the door, you know, pretty wide open. Now, of course, like you mentioned, it really depends on all the facts and circumstances, but certainly an interesting case to take a look at. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'd like to do is just change uh, pace uh, quickly here. And I want to talk about required travel between home and a workplace. So this is what happened. We had an individual who was a construction foreman. And every day he would load up his car with a bunch of uh, tools, equipment, material, bring it to the job site. He was responsible for making sure all the employees were there and had their jobs and had everything they need to do. At the end of the day, he'd take all of the equipment, tools, et cetera, home. He would maintain it, do repair. He had a special part of his garage where he where he was doing all this storage and work. 
Now, the concept here was he wanted to deduct his travel costs associated with going from home to work. Now, one of the key criteria here is that you had to have traveled and paid for this travel in the performance of your employment duties. And you know what the court said in this situation? They said, well, hold on here. He didn't start the day at the job site. He started it at home where he loaded up all of this stuff. He didn't end it at the job site. He ended it when he got home, after he had repaired everything and got settled down for the night. So that travel there, that was basically when he was already on the clock. And therefore, he was conducting it in the performance of his employment duty. So, there, you know, there's a number, of, uh, a number of other interesting things in this case here. But at the end of the day, we finally see a case where you are actually eligible to claim those that travel as, a, as, a, as business travel. Caitlin, you thought? Well, I'd say what he really proved was I'm not traveling from home home to work. I'm traveling from this workspace in my garage to another workplace. Yeah, and there was a lot of work he was doing in the garage. He had, like Joe, you mentioned those tools. He was working on those machines. And I think there was actually some stuff in his garage that were there permanently to work on some of the tools to get them functioning. So a pretty high bar to meet, to have that workplace so you get the travel. Yeah, you got it. What do we got next, Caitlin? You? Okay, well, we're in the middle of summer, and one of the great things about summer is you get to spend so much time with your children. But perhaps is there too much time you're spending with the children? Have you decided you want to disinherit them? So the question we sometimes get is, is that even a possibility? And we have a really fascinating article that references a recent Alberta court case where the daughter of a deceased individual who was disinherited from her father's estate, basically put up her hand and said, nah, 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 I am entitled to a portion of my father's estate. My father didn't make adequate provisions for my support, for my maintenance, considering my disability and my inability to earn a livelihood myself. So what happened at the end of the day? And the court actually found in her favor, they said that Although the father uh, did have capacity, was not undue, under undue influence, there was still that uh, amount that he should have provided for his daughter. And, and as such, the court canceled two gifts from the estate, one to a charity, another to a foundation, and actually redirected the funds to the adult daughter. So it's interesting. It is a possibility. There are catches with respect to disinheriting your children. I got to also say, guys, when we were looking through the jurisprudence and the court case and the article here, there were some comments that the court made about other court cases related to disinheriting your children. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, some of the other courts, it says, okay, you need to balance, balance the interest of the deceased taxpayer, as well as the economic interest and the need to perform to protect the surviving family members. We also need to con consider not just the legal obligation to take for your care of your kids, but also the moral obligation. So mm. if this is something you're contemplating, uh, you probably want to get a lawyer involved because there can potentially be hair on these issues. Kate, it's amazing how often as the accountant, the client tells us, I'm going to write the kids out of the will. Yeah. Well, I'm probably offside practicing law without a license when I pull out my tax act. The last thing I want to do is stray yep. into estate law, send them to the lawyer. Now, if you want to send them back to the accountant, personal services businesses, oh. everyone who knows what they are just had a cold chill run up their spine. And most professional accountants have had the experience of explaining to a new client that you're 
probably at high risk of being a PSB, and that's very bad for tax purposes, an incorporated employee. And they go, well, all the other guys working there, their accountants don't have a problem with this. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, maybe you want to send them to a nice 15-minute video CRA did a while back explaining the basics. And why did they do that? Well, we found out on July 21st when they sent out a stakeholder email and said, we're going to do a little educational campaign on some industries we think have a lot of PSB risk going on. And your participation is strictly voluntary. No compliance activity at this point. But that generally gets followed by less voluntary reviews that have compliance activity and maybe some reassessments, penalties, and interest. Uh, I noticed in the stakeholder email they didn't name the industries. But in the webinar, they said there were five that they had their eye on. IT support, catering, construction, um, trucking. And what was the fifth one? You'd never believe accounting. <laughs> well, that can't be. They've obviously got a false positive there. But we've wondered for years, when's the project coming? I don't think the audit project's quite here, but it looks like we're on the conveyor belt now. Yeah. Well, one final thing to talk about today, that is director liability with the relationship breakdown. So what we had here was we had uh, a husband and wife and they had a breakdown relationship uh, a couple years later uh, and they, they owned a private corporation. A couple of years later, the husband said, you know what, the company's yours, get me off the books, I'm no longer director, sign some documents, pass it over. Well, about a, a decade later, it looks like the corporation had some debts that it couldn't pay. CRA goes after the director's husband, name's still there. So he gets nailed with it. But at the end of the day, he was able to demonstrate that he probably had officially resigned. But just a reminder, you know, you got to get your name off the register. Let the provincial authorities know because things can go off the rail quick. Anyways, that's all we got time for today. Thank you very much and have yourself just an excellent rest of the month. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.